22 verses 31 through 34, pretty famous uh, moment in scripture in the New Testament towards the end of Jesus' life, right before he goes to the cross at the end of the Last Supper, and it says this, verse 31, he's talking to Peter or Simon, and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. In verse 33, Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this moment that we have together, together, together in your presence and in the presence of our brothers and sisters in Christ and the family of God. We thank you for everything that takes place when we come together, Lord. Thank you, most importantly, that when two or three are gathered, you are in the midst of them, and you are here right now speaking to each and every one of us, letting your peace, your comfort, your joy, and your presence be made known in every part of our life where we may have a need for it, Father. And I thank you for that right now. I thank you that as we get into your word today, that you will speak to us, God, that your word will come alive in our souls and our spirits, that it will be a fire that shuts up in our bones, and transforms us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, I pray. If Would you just, at home, in the building, would you just put your hand on your belly somewhere? Because that's where your spirit, man, is just somewhere on the inside there. That's where the word of God is planted like a seed that begins to grow and develop. And I want us to ask God, will you just pray this Pray this after me? Pray, pray, these, pray this prayer after me. Repeat after me here this morning and, and just prepare our hearts for the word of God today. We say this with me. Say, Jesus, speak to me today. Open up my eyes. Open up my ears. Let me see what you want me to see. Let me hear what you want me to hear so I can do what you want me to do and be everything you've called me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Uh, how many of you guys have you ever, how many of you guys have watched or have heard of the show uh, Game of Thrones? Any, any Game of Thrones heads out there? Okay. You guys all afraid to admit that in here? Okay, that's one of my favorite shows ever. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to admit that I watched, uh, I watched that season, that series more than once. One of the most famous shows, one of the most successful shows, in fact, the season finale broke all sorts of records, or the series finale that came out a few years ago broke all kinds of records for uh, most, you know, that most viewership or whatever, according to the ratings, something like, I think it was like over 100 million people had watched the series finale. It was, it was incredible. And, uh, of course, since that series came out, there's been all sorts of copycat shows that have come out since they prove that this type of show would work, that a big budget movie type show, people would get involved in shows like Vikings, shows like The Last Kingdom. Anybody seen any of those shows on History Channel? Or no? Okay, you guys are all looking at me like you don't watch TV in here, okay? Uh, okay, those are all kind of copycat shows that really were based, not based off of Game of Thrones, but were similar in that same style of Game of Thrones, because what Game of Thrones did is there had never really been a show like that before, and, 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 uh, and they had really broke the mold in how they write and how they script and how they make these big, sweeping, epic fantasy tales. Of what they, they, they basically proved the concept that they thought couldn't be done. Amen? But I don't know, and so if you're, I mean, I guess I'm just really letting my nerd show here this morning, but uh, if, you, if you are a fan of the show, you might know 
that somewhere nobody's ever seen it, but somewhere in the in the in the uh, halls of HBO or, or whatever studio, Warner Brothers or whatever, somewhere there is a pilot episode of Game of Thrones that was never shown and has never seen the light of day because it was so atrociously, ridiculously bad that the show almost got canceled before it ever even got started. And so, and so has anybody ever heard this before? Am I giving you like brand new? This is, you know, this is a real thing. There's this show, and so if you watched the show, the original show, and you saw that original episode one season one pilot episode, that is, that is the second pilot that was created. There are different actors. There are different people. Uh, it's, a, it's like a totally different thing. And they somehow, and, and they realize, oh, this is, this is not going to work. And so they, they, what I'm saying is they almost canceled the thing before it ever even got off the ground and before they ever had a chance to prove that this could actually work. And in this story, at the end of Jesus' life, at the end of this Last Supper, Jesus tells Simon Peter that Satan himself has asked to sift you. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But he says Satan has asked to basically test you and see if he can't cancel your faith before it even has a chance to actually be proven and see that this thing is for real. How many know that's like the least encouraging word from God you could possibly get? You know what I mean? Like, like if, 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 imagine if I came up here on Sunday morning or I was praying for you or someone was praying for you. They said, you know, Satan has asked to mess with your life. You, would you go away smiling? <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, yikes. And notice that Jesus doesn't say, but fear not, Peter. I have put my hand of protection around you and nothing is going to touch you. No, he just says, but I pray for you. He didn't say I'm not going to stop him. He just said, I pray for you. Amen? And so what he says is, he says, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. That word sifting is, a, is, a, is, a old, uh, is an old agricultural term, and they still do this today with giant machines. But back in the day, they would take, when they would harvest the wheat, they would have to sift the heads of grain. And what would happen is they would shake, they'd put all the heads of grain in this, in this, in this like shaker thing, and they would and they would shake loose all the kernels of wheat and the and the stuff that you could turn into flour and was useful, that would separate from the part that was no good and that you didn't want to eat and that you couldn't do anything with. And so, and so what Jesus is saying is that Satan is asking to shake you up a little bit, and he's hoping to to show that this thing called faith, this faith that you have in me, this understanding of who I am, he's, he's hoping to show that that is of no use and that's going to fall to the wayside in your life as he sifts you and shakes you. Amen? Anybody ever felt like that in your life? Anybody ever feel like there's some stuff happening that you don't know what's going on, but it just feels like everything's kind of topsy-turvy and things are shaking up, and you're like, man, Lord, what in the world is happening? What is going on? And, and here's, here's, here's the thing. I have preached this this from all kinds of different points of view and all kinds of little nuggets have popped out of this. But I don't know if I've ever really noticed what I'm about to share with you until just a few weeks ago. And I thought, man, this is, this is something that's so good to hear and so good to understand. <clears throat> Notice, let me say it this way. Usually when I've heard this preacher, or when I have preached in the past, this is always this interaction between Peter and Jesus. 
But notice this, and we, and we always look at Peter, and of course, you know the story. Just in the next chapter, in just a few more verses, Peter is going to be standing around the courtyard, and someone's going to say, hey, don't you know Jesus? And he's going to no, I don't know the man. And somebody's going to say, I'm pretty sure I've seen you with Jesus. And they're like, no. And then the Bible says Peter cusses this one dude out. And I was like, I don't blankety blankety know the guy. And the rooster crows, and Peter denies two seconds. Four hours earlier, <laughs> Peter is like, I'm ready to die with you. And then he's like, I don't even know. I don't even know him. I don't even know. I've never, I never seen Jesus. I've never seen Jesus before. I don't even know. I don't even have Facebook. I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know. You know, I don't even, I didn't even watch the story. And so, and so that's how quickly he turns. And we, and we look at this. And it is a failure. It's a failure in Peter's life. But I want you to see this. I don't know why I've never really noticed this until just, just recently. Notice that Jesus, in the King James translation, we see this in the New Living but, but in the original Greek language where we just say that and in the King James and in many translations that I read this in, and you probably might have read this in, it says that Jesus just said, Peter, uh, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But in the Greek language, in the original Greek writing, that word you is plural. Will you put, the new, put, put verse 31 back up there for me? Which is why in a more modern translation, it says Satan has asked to sift each of you. Like we. So Jesus, leave that in for a second. Jesus is talking to Peter, and he says, Satan has asked to mess with all 12 of you. All of you guys are about to be tested. All of you guys are about to be shifted. All of you are about to be sifted. All of you are about to experience some testing in your faith. That word is pro. Jesus is saying that the enemy is coming after all of you. Hello? Okay. And so, and so here's, here's why that is so important and so key. Because I think what I've done and what we do a lot of times is when we go through a season of testing, when we go through some trials, when we go through some moments where things are shaking, we make the mistake that Peter makes and that I still make, and, and the mistake is this, to think that I am the only one going through this. We, I've read this for years thinking Peter was the only one that Satan was talking about. Satan was only after Peter for whatever reason. But that's not true. Jesus said he's coming after everybody. Amen? Listen, when you go through, in fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul would say later on that there is no temptation that is common to man. Meaning that whatever you go through, someone else is going through that and has gone through that at some point in your life. Amen? And when you are going through a season where, where things are being shaken out and things are being tested and you're wondering, man, what is happening and is, am I going to make it? it? It's really important to understand and to know that whatever you're going through, I promise you, no matter how isolated you feel, no matter how singular you may feel, I guarantee you, you are not the only one going through it amen you're struggling with some kind of addiction there are other people struggling with the exact same thing you're struggling going to places in the internet that you know you shouldn't go to and you feel shame and, and convict. you're not the only person that's struggling there my friend hello you're struggling with the things that are, have been spoken over you maybe by family maybe by parents maybe by teachers maybe by whoever i promise there's other people that are going through that same struggle you are not alone Amen? 
And Peter wasn't alone. And man, we have, we have, I just as a, I just say we as preachers, we have, we have beat the crap out of Peter for 2,000 years thinking that he was the only one that, that had this problem. Okay? But he wasn't. Everybody got tested. Everybody got sifted. The only reason that we talk about Peter is because he was out front and because he failed the loudest. Amen? (laughs) I think one of the reasons as I read scripture I'm so drawn and I feel so related to Peter is because he is a loud mouth. He's always the first to talk before he, he you know, he, 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 and, I, and I relate to that because I'm always usually the first to talk, and I usually talk the loudest. All throughout school, I would always get in trouble, and, and not because nobody else was talking. It's just because I talked louder than everyone else, and, you know. And I would always, and people are always like, why are, you, why are you yelling? I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm just, this is just how I talk, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so, <laughs> why are you so mad, bro? I'm like, I'm not mad. I, this is just my face. I don't know what to tell. I'm just intense. I don't know. It's just the way. And, and so, and so, and so, <laughs> and so I really have a, a compassion for Peter because he gets beat up a lot, but it's not because he was the only one that was failing. It's just that he, when he failed, he failed louder than everybody else because he was out front. He was often going first. Amen. In fact, I look at, you know, Peter has some colossal failures in his life before this ever takes place the Bible says that they're on a ship going across the Sea of Galilee a storm comes along and all the disciples get afraid and they see Jesus walking on the water out to them and Peter says Jesus why don't you tell me to walk out to the water with you and I'll jump out and I'll walk out to you on the water so Jesus says come and Peter jumps out of the boat walks on the water at some point he gets afraid and begins to sink and he fails not before he took a few steps on water. Not before he defied every law of physics and gravity and, and everything else you can imagine. Not before he literally walked upon the words of Jesus and watched, watched science get defied through faith. Amen? And so we look at that as a failure or we can look at that as, well, you know what, Peter was the first one to do it. In fact, that we know of the only person besides Jesus that ever walked on water. Amen? And see, my question is when we talk about what Peter messed up, Peter denied that he even knew Jesus. Colossal, huge failure as it is, publicly, out there. We all see it. We all know it. You know what my question is, though? Where were the other 11 disciples when Peter failed? You go to the garden just a few hours before this. The Roman soldiers show up. Judas shows up, kisses Jesus on the cheek. Peter pulls out a sword and starts going to work. Cuts off a dude's ear. Peter's wild. Jesus says, hey, let's calm down. Picks up the servant's ear that Peter had hacked off. Either he was really wild or he didn't know what he was doing with that sword, probably. It's really more like, he's like, he's a fisherman. He had no business with a sword. You know what I mean? He's like, (laughs) thank God, right? Could have been so much worse. (laughs) Jesus picks up the guy's ear, puts it back on, heals him. Jesus says, chill, dude. That's my translation, chill, dude. And Peter is rebuked. Peter's an idiot. But, but wait, where are the rest of the disciples? 
Where were they? Where were they when the Roman soldiers, you know where they were? They all ran scared hiding out. Peter at least was the only one to stand tall and say, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing, but let's go. He at least, and did he fail, and was he wrong, and did he have the, yeah, but he, but he was there. When everybody else ran, he was still there. Amen? We don't talk about that. Where were the other? When Peter was being challenged and they were recognized, and they said, I've seen you with them. I've seen you with them. And he denies that he knows them three times. Where were the other disciples? They didn't even show up to the trial. They were all hiding in their house. They were all scared. They were all hiding under a rock somewhere. Peter at least showed up. Amen? <laughs> Peter at least was there. And the reason that we talk about Peter's failures and no one else's is because Peter was there. Peter was out front. Peter was out at first. And, 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 and listen, listen, where are the other disciples in the boat? They're all hiding scared in the boat saying, Jesus, save us, Jesus, save us. Peter's like, hey, I'm going to walk on the water. Let's go. And he does it. And he sinks. And they're all like, Peter, you idiot. You did it again. But he's, he walked on. Where, where were they? You see what I'm saying? Everybody gets tested. Everybody gets shook. Everybody gets tested. Everybody gets sifted. Everybody goes through it. And, but, but the people we talk about are often the people that are out front. And here's, here's what I want to say. Some of you in this room, some of you watching online, some of you are out front in some things in your life. Some of you are the first people in your family that are trying to live for Jesus and live for God and live by faith. Some of you are the first people in your, in your, in your whole family tree that's trying to do something for God or, or live, live a certain way, live your lives according to Jesus. Some of you are the first people trying to, trying to go to college. Some of you the first people in your family trying to start a business. Some of you are the first people in your family that are, that are trying to be faithful with the tithe and faithful with your finances and, 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 and set things up and organize things in a biblical way. And there's all kinds of things. We, and some of you are wondering, man, why does it feel like I'm getting the crap kicked out of me? And listen, why does it feel like everybody else is just having a good time going through life and, and they're not going through the stuff that I'm going through? And, and listen, it's not that they're not going through it. It's this. It's that you're, the, you're going, you're first. You're the first one through the door. You're the first one to break that ground. Okay? Listen to me. I promise you, listen. It's not that you're the only one getting tested. It's just that you're the one out front sometimes. Amen? And so what that means is, if I can understand that I'm not alone, everybody's going through this, but I might be in some area of my life, I might be out front where someone else is laying back. Here's what that means. I'm not alone, I'm just out front. And here's what else it means. When you're out front, you're being watched. Amen? When you're out front, you're being watched. The first person to jump on out of the boat is going to be the first person to sink. Amen? The first person that swings the sword is probably going to be the first person that gets cut up. The, Peter again, another failure of Peter's. Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? Matthew chapter 11. Peter, first to speak. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus, Peter, man has not revealed this to you. This information comes from heaven. And upon this revelation that God has given you and you're sharing today, I'm going to build my church. 
Then Jesus says, boys, this isn't going to last forever. The Son of Man is going to be crucified, but three days later, and Jesus, Peter, Peter again, first to speak in the exact same dialogue. No, 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 Jesus, we are never going to let that happen. We are never going to let you be crucified. And in the next breath, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have the will of God in your heart. You have the will of man. First to speak, first to get corrected. <laughs> first to show up to the trial, first to fail. Follow what I'm saying? Listen to me. This is the problem when you're a person who goes first and when God is using you to, to do some things first in your life. Here's what we have to understand. This is something that I've seen over and over again in my life that I've had to get comfortable with. Listen to me. The first person to break through a wall usually gets bloody. The reason sometimes it feels like life is kicking the tar out of you more than, more than the average Joe, more than your family, more than your coworkers, more than the other people you see going around is because for whatever reason, God has put you in a position to be the first one through the wall. And it may not make the beating feel any better. It's still painful. But you got to understand, the first person through the wall is the first person to get bloody. Okay, the first person to break through something that no one's ever done before is going to be the first person to get kicked in the teeth and to go through all the struggles that are involved in going through it. But understand that while you are getting bloodied and while it may feel like you are getting your face caved in and while it may feel like all hell is breaking out around you, what you need to understand is that everyone else is going through the same thing you're going through, but you're first. And they're watching you to see if God's word really will be the thing that we claim that it is. And what God is using some of us to do is to go through the wall first and prove that Jesus really is who he said he is. His word really will do what it said it will do, even if only for a moment or a glimpse. Peter, first out of the boat, first to walk on water, just for a moment. Does he fail? Does he sink? Does he? Yes, he does. But he proves, even if just for a glimpse, what is possible through a life of faith. <laughs> and some of us, what we got to start doing is we got to stop focusing on the moments that we sink and start focusing on the moments that it worked. Start focusing and go, you know what? You know what? Man, I messed it up and I failed here and this is where it went wrong and this is where I went off the rails. But man, for a moment, for a moment it worked. And if it worked for a moment then, it'll work for a moment now. Come on, somebody. And what you got to understand is the people that watch say, hey, if it worked even for a moment for, for them, man, it, it'll work for me in my moment too. Amen, somebody? <clears throat> the first person to break through a wall usually gets bloody, but they're the person that is proving God's faithfulness and the potential even when it's just for a moment. I thought about the food bank here, Marilyn and Judy. How many years ago did God put that in your heart to do this? What was it been? Eight? Eight years ago. To my knowledge, I mean, I'm sure there, was, there, wasn't a, there wasn't any food banks like this in Franklin County when we started that. 
now there are at least three. Am I right? This one, Laurel, Meadow, I think, uh, Meadow, this one. But what I'm saying is when, when, when God showed up and we said, hey, this is something we believe God's doing, God, you know what? That inspires other people to go, hey, if they did it in Brookville, we can do it in Laurel. We can do it here and there. Amen, somebody? But somebody's got to take the lumps to go first. <laughs> and that's just a real simple example. And, and I'm going to, I'm almost done here, but this is what I want to say. I want to encourage you and I want to encourage us to keep going first. Don't let the, the getting bloody going through the wall stop you from going first. Amen. I'm going to give you two reasons why we need to keep going first in our lives. First is, we got to keep going first because someone has to. Someone has to. Someone has to be the first in your family tree to live a life surrendered to Jesus Christ and watch God's word come. Somebody has to do it. Someone has to be the first to raise your children and raise your family in the house of God and with the, in a godly household. Amen, somebody? Someone has to be the first person in your family to not be an alcoholic and not be a drug addict and not, come on, somebody has to be the first one to do it. And it doesn't matter if there have been 50 people in front of you that failed. Someone has to be first. Keep going first because someone has to. Amen? For hundreds of years, people thought that a four-minute mile was an absolute impossible task. People would try, fail, try, fail over and over, and that was a goal, that was a benchmark that people thought, man, is it ever going to be possible? And for years and decades of, of track and racing and keeping these records, this was a record that could not be broken until 1958, a guy by the name of Richard ban Roger Bannister, I'm sorry, finally broke the four-minute mile with a time of like three minutes and 59 seconds. And, and, and I mean, he was just, just under four minutes, okay? It had stood for all of time. No one had done it until 1958, Roger Bannister. And then, then... Amazingly, once the first person broke through that, that marker, 46 days later, an Australian runner broke it again with a time of 3 minutes and 58 seconds. Okay, watch this. The next year, three people broke a four-minute mile in the same race. And over the last 50 years, uh, over 1,000 people have logged sub-four-minute miles in competition. What I'm saying is, someone has to be first. And once someone proves the concept, everybody else can go, oh, oh, man. Well, if they can start a food bank there in Brookfield, man, we can do it over here. Amen? If they can start a church in, in a small town like that, in rural, whatever, we can do one over here. Hello, somebody. If that person can live for God in their family also, if they got going on, man, I can do it in my family too. What I'm saying, somebody has to be first. Keep going first because somebody has to. Amen? Peter's the first to jump out of the boat, the first to sink, 
the first to fail. But he's also the first person to stand up in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost and preach one sermon and see 3,000 people get saved. Peter's also the first person to preach the gospel to Gentiles in Acts chapter 10 and watch the Holy Spirit fill Gentile, non-Jewish people who had accepted Jesus. The people who go first fail first, but also see God move first. Amen. So don't let the fact that you get bloody going through the wall stop you from going first in areas of life where God's called us to. Amen. Keep going first because somebody has to. Keep going first. The second reason we got to keep going first because someone has to. The second reason we can keep going first is because Jesus has prayed for you. He says, Peter, Satan has asked to sift all of you, plural. But then Jesus says, but I have prayed, and this is specific in the Greek. This is specific. He says, I've prayed for you, Simon, singular. Jesus says, I have prayed for you individually that your faith will not fail you. Again, notice, it didn't say that he wouldn't fail. He just said your faith won't fail you when you fail, basically. Why can I keep going first? Because I know Jesus has prayed for me. Now, Satan brought this temptation and brought this season of testing and sifting to the disciples' lives because what the enemy wanted to do was to destroy their faith. But what Jesus basically does is this. He says, he says I'm going to take the thing that the enemy is trying to use to destroy you, and I'm going to use it to develop you. Jesus is developing my faith with the thing that's trying to destroy it. Amen? Listen to me. That wall you're beating your head against, that first that you're trying to break through, that beating you're taking, those lumps you're taking, those bruises you're taking, that heartache you're going through, that pain you're going through. I know it sucks, and I know it's hard, and I know it's difficult. I know there's some days that you don't think you're ever going to be able to make it. I know there's some days you wonder, man, I'm the biggest failure and idiot on the face of this earth. And, and if we stay there, and we flip that, and we, and we forget these things, and we get caught up in our, in our feels and our emotions, and we just wallow around in our self-pity and our failure, we'll stay there. But what I've got to understand understand is that Jesus will, if I, if I am surrendered and if I'm living by faith, I can give my failure to Jesus and Jesus will take the thing that the enemy meant to destroy me and use it to develop me. Jesus said, I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail you. And he says, and so when you come back, I'm gonna, I want you to be the one to strengthen everybody else who has also been sifted, also been tested, and also failed, just not as loud as you. <laughs> Amen? Jesus is taking the thing meant to destroy my faith and using it to develop it. And I love this. Jesus says to Peter, when you return, when you return, meaning Jesus this whole time knows the outcome of this moment. He knows Peter's going to fail. He knows Peter's going to fall. The fact that he says when you return means that he knew there would be a moment where Peter falls. In fact, that's why later on, after the three days when Jesus is resurrected and he sees 
he sees Mary and he sees the women at the tomb. Uh, Jesus specifically said to the women when he, he tells them, he says, go and tell the disciples. Isn't that amazing? The disciples didn't even show up to the tomb. Only the women did. They were, again, they were all scared. They were all hiding. They were all failing. Jesus said, go tell my disciples what you've seen. And he says, and tell Peter. Because he understood that Peter, through his failure, would have, would have thought in his own mind, I, I, I'm not even one of them anymore. Everything I said I would never do. I'm ready to go to the cross and die with you, Jesus. Peter, Peter, Peter 180 on. So he said, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Make sure he hears this as well. Oh, and guess what? Guess what? Just, just, just another first. <laughs> Peter's the first one at the tomb. Peter's the first one at the empty tomb. Everybody else is sitting. They hear the report from the ladies. They're all like, eh, whatever. Peter gets up and runs instantly. First one. <clears throat> but he says, when you return, he knew, listen, he knew that Peter would fall. But here's the difference. And this, this is when God has called us to be first. When God has called us to walk by this, what it means. Jesus understood that Peter would fall, but he understood that Peter wasn't going to fall away as much as he was going to fall into. Amen? And listen, as a child of God who's, who's on your way to heaven and has this, and has, come, you guys can come on up, guys. Listen, as the, understand that when you fall, when you fail, which you are going to do, we are all going to do it. Some of us are just doing it louder than others. Some of us are just doing it more publicly than others. When you fall, you're when you return, you're going to fall. You're going to mess up. You're going to trip. You're going to stumble. That's life till we get to heaven. Amen? But the, the important thing is this. When you fall, I want to make sure I fall not away from Jesus, but into Jesus. Jesus said, you're going to fall, Peter. You're going to deny me. You're going to feel like a failure. You're going to sink. You're going to get bloody. But when you fall, you're going to fall into me, into this relationship, into my arms, not away. Amen, somebody? And here's how we can make sure that I fall into him and not away from him this. If you're the first to fall, be the first to get back up. Amen, somebody? And that's what Peter was. That's why he said, when you return, you are going to strengthen everybody else. Because you're going to be the first to fall and you're going to be the loudest to fall and you're going to fall more publicly than everyone else. And for 2,000 years, preachers are going to be talking about how the day, they're going to be talking about preaching about the worst day of your life. You're going to be the first one to fall. You're going to be the first one through the wall. You're going to be the first one to get hurt. You're going to be the first one to get hit. You're going to be the first one to get bloody. But you're going to be the first one to get back up. That's the determination. That's the faith. That's the determination. That's the spirit I feel like God wants to minister to us today and put in our hearts this morning. It's not, it's not, it's not, I don't want us to go out of here with some sort of idea. Well, I'm never going to fall. I'm never going to fail. I'm never going to mess up. I'm never going to feel like a failure. I'm never going to sink. 
listen, if you're doing, if you're doing something, the only way to never fail is to never do anything. You want to never fail? I'll tell you real quick. You want to never fail? Get up every day, sit on the couch, watch Netflix for 14 hours a day, and go back to bed and make that your whole life, and you'll never have to, you'll succeed at that every time. The only people that never fail are people that never go anywhere or do anything. The only people that never fall are the people that aren't moving. Hello? If you're moving anywhere in life, boy, you're going to find some places to trip over. I don't care whether you're doing it for God or whatever you're doing. You're going to find some places to trip. The difference is, are we going to be the people that stay stay falling or are we going to get back up? Peter fell royally, screwed up royally, had to ask God to forgive him big time. But he got back up. And when he got back up, he was able to minister to everybody else who had also failed that for whatever reason we don't ever talk about. Amen, somebody? So I'm not here to say, hey, guys, we're never, you, you, don't you ever fall. Don't you ever give up. Don't you ever, don't you ever met. No, no, no. I'm just here to say, I'm just here to say, and I feel like what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to somebody is today, hey, when you fall, just, just get back up. Just get back up. Just get back up. Proverbs says a righteous, a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. What separates the righteous from the unrighteous is not that you don't ever mess up and never fall. It's that you don't ever stay down. Stand hell over this place this morning. Would you just close your eyes for a moment just as a way to remove distractions and just let the Holy Spirit begin to speak intimately and personally to each and every one of us. Do that in this room. Do that at home too. I just want to encourage you. You might have been watching at home, you know, cooking pancakes and having breakfast or whatever. That's, I get it. I, I know what you're doing. I understand. You know. But stop all that for just a moment. Let the Spirit of God speak to you for a moment. Lord, I just speak over every single person that in some form or fashion, some way in their life right now, that God, they're, they're, the fir- they're going first. They may, be the f- they may be the first person even in their household to really begin to walk with God. They may be first before their spouse. They may be first before their mom or dad. They may be first before their kid or whatever the first. They may be the first person in their family maybe the first person to whatever it is God I just really sense that in my spirit Father I pray in the name of Jesus that you will put in us and just speak to it, it God just like you spoke and prepared Peter's heart I pray we would hear that word speaking and resonating to us in the exact same way 
so that, God, we will keep going first. God, help us to keep going first. Help us to keep going first, God, in our personal lives. Lord, help us to keep going first in our faith and in our journey with you. And I pray as a church body, Lord, help help us in this community, God, to keep going first, God, in areas that you've called us to break through. And, Lord, we know we're going to get bloody going through the wall first, God, but we've got to break through that wall. God, we know some of the boundaries that are in front of us, God, some of the, some of the barriers that are there. God, we might get beat up and bruised going through it, but God, we've still got to go through it. We've still got to break it down. We've still got to tear it down. We've still got to punch a hole in it, Lord, because there are people coming after us, God, that you're going to call to go through that, to go through that place that we've punched through and to take it to a whole nother level, Father. So, Father, I pray you put in us the Spirit. Holy Ghost, come upon each and every one. Minister to each and every one of us right now. Help us to keep going first. And, Lord, as we keep pushing first, in the moments that we trip, in the moments that we stumble, in the moments that we fail, in the moments that we sink, in the moments that we fall, God, I pray you help us to be the first to get back up. And, God, make that our prayer right now. Make that my prayer right now. And I, I Just pray that for yourself right now. Lord, help me to be the first to get up. Pray that over yourself right now, over your family. God, I'm going to be the first to get up. I might fall, but I'm going to be the first one to get back up. I'm not going to stay down. I'm not going to stay broken. I'm not going to stay in that place of condemnation. I'm not going to stay in that place of shame and guilt. But I'm going to get back up. A righteous man falls seven times gets back up again. God, give us the spirit. Holy Ghost, give us the strength to get back up. Give us the strength to get back up. In Jesus' name.